Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill, and this is Jill's Journals Out Loud. Today is Friday. It is January 30th. We're moving in on the end of the year. And uh, it's an end of the month, but it's also an end of the year. So I'm going to make this available to everybody instead of just a private or paid subscriber podcast because it's our last one for 2023. Uh, the noises in the background are the dog, so you should all be quite used to that by now. And we're just going to launch right in. As you saw from the topic I talked about this idea is that 2023 really is a year of decision. Uh, I don't know where you are. When you start to get older, the whole making goals and you know setting out plans kind of falls by the wayside because, you know, most of us have already done that quite a bit. And, uh, a few people are really good at it, but most people, you know, by the end of the month have forgotten and moved on. Uh, and I don't really see how you can make a lot of big external goals this year because there's so many things coming at us that it feels much more like a year of response to than pushing forward and initiating with your own agenda. Now, that doesn't mean that you should just sit around and wait and see what happens, but I do believe that this year is going to possibly offer us some really, really, really big decisions. And so uh, you've heard me talk about one of my big decisions is making the decision to really shrink down and talk to one tiny niche hardcore audience. Uh, and that will start next year. But right now, I'm speaking to us all. And no matter what's happening, we're all operating out of our nervous system, whether it's fight, flight, freeze. We're all watching with bated breath to see which big thing may or may not be coming down the pike. But what it really made me realize as I was you know, thinking about my own end of year and transitioning into 2023, that it feels like there's going to be some possible really big decisions and they'll be dangerous if you choose to do them and they may be dangerous if you choose not to. And so what am I talking about? And I think, you know, one of the biggest ones is the one that I struggle with. Most of us struggle with at some point in our life is economics is finances. And there is a lot of talk this year about the idea of going to a digital currency, I think it's CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency. Uh, many countries have already started rolling them out. Uh, I think December 13th, 2022, our legislation in America gives our government permission to transfer to a full digital currency process. Uh, when that will happen will depend mostly on we the people if we allow it. Now, my gut says we're going to go down the rabbit hole as far as we can, because if we haven't seen resistance by now uh, in a meaningful way, we're not going to. Uh, and, you know, the irony being is people are afraid to say no because they're afraid they won't make money. They'll lose their job or they'll lose their uh, finances, things like that. But by not having said no, we're going to lose it all anyways. And the way that will work for those of you who haven't been following along with it, and it is kind of up in the air if it will be able to be pushed through, is that everything gets wiped out and we get 
this digital currency in which our social credit score, our status, our health status, our behavior, all the things that, you know, they're spying on us and looking at us and reporting on us to monitor will be the measurement if you have access to your money. And your money will only work electronically. And you'll only be able to use it most likely in a set amount of time. And so on the one hand, as with all of these, you know, processes that sound like good decisions from one perspective, the other perspective is you don't like we don't like the way you're acting, you no longer have access to your money. And so Part of that big decision process will be when that comes or if that comes, because I would suggest thinking about laying in the networks now, will you comply? Will you give over to the digital system? Because it will require a compromise. It will require uh, either a... uh, you know, medical procedure, it will require a tattoo, it will require an implant, it will require something that you can't undo. And once you've engaged in that system, you no longer can move away from that system. And we can think about it as simply as this idea of how many people will just walk away and not use their phone. How many people will get rid of their cell phones altogether? Most of us don't because technically we can't, right? Just because even if we don't want to have a cell phone, you can't hardly function in the world today. And yesterday, you know, I had one of those moments where they did a download because it got hooked up to a Wi-Fi signal. And so it did one of those great big downloads. You know, my phone opened back up and I couldn't find anything. All the icons had changed. They all moved directions. It got really dark. I couldn't see anything. I didn't know what the buttons were saying. And I was actually, you know, trying to perform a transaction that was new and I couldn't find what I was looking for. It actually shut down and rebooted in the middle of that. Uh, and then I had to try to call the bank and that was a nightmare because I couldn't, it wouldn't make the phone call because the mic somehow had gotten turned off and it just went on and on and on. And, you know, I just am having these flashes of how the technology is changing faster than my capability of coping with it, but we're moving to a fully digital world, which means for those of us who don't function as quickly and as easily within the digital world, uh, we like paper, we like money in our hands, we like looking at things. That world is going away unless you make the decision to not engage in it. And that will require a life-changing decision process, meaning that you'll have to operate on a black market, meaning you'll have to get super creative, meaning you might get hungry and you might starve to death. So it isn't a little decision. It's a great big decision. And it's not one that you can just say, well, somebody else is going to just ride in and rescue me and I don't have to think about this. There will be a huge scramble the day that this goes down. And so uh, there will be opportunity. Lots of people made lots of money in black market. Uh, There will be uh, regional realities as opposed to uh, where you are, the temperature, what your area produces, what you have physical access to, how much monitoring and enforcement are in your area. But 
this is a reality that they're that's really on the books to happen in 2023. Now, will that happen? I don't know, but I see this as a decision that we will have to make. It's not something that we're going to be able to prevent because I just don't see us doing anything to prevent any of the other things that have come down the pike. Uh, and at this point, if you're still here, I'm going to insert this. So normally I do uh, any kind of money pitch the first podcast of the month, but because we are closing out the year, I know that means different things to different people. So I'm going to put links below for anybody who would like to contribute to the cause of moving this message forward. And I realize I'm moving in a direction some of you may not be interested in, but uh, I encourage you to not think about it as me, but you think about it as the message, which really are going to be the support and the fallout for the people who will be doing the fighting I want to say for you, but certain people, you know, we're just wired to move in and do the hard thing and make the hard decision, fall on the barbed wire, that kind of thing. And so it's not really just about what you're getting out of it. To me, the most important group isn't the ones making the decisions at the highest levels. It's the people who will either be enforcing them or making their difficult decision to not enforce it. You know, if I'm a frail 90 year old dude with, with, you know, like eight inch glasses, I can tell you all day long what I want you to do, but it's the enforcer class who is much more likely to be a wired for danger person that must follow through. And if they say no, if they walk off the job, if they decide to do the hard thing and not participate, then you cannot enforce all of these things that we're also afraid of. And so it's our support of the enforcer class that's really gonna make the difference on whether this moves forward or not because most people will just go along. And the main reason we go along is we're afraid we'll lose our job, we'll lose our money. So it becomes this ironic, you know, catch 22, but here we are. So anybody who's got extra that wants to participate into this process, uh, I've made the decision. Uh, I can't spend any more money on equipment. I, uh, I'm just going to have to figure out how to, to move forward with what I have and go from there, even though uh, like you, I would like to do some more sophisticated things in terms of interviews and things like that. So uh, we're, we're all going to do the best we can, and I'm going to do my best within the limitations, and then I'm going to place my future in your hands with this message uh, because I believe it will be the most important group will be the enforcer class in terms of how our decisions move forward. But what's beyond that isn't what's going to happen out in the world. The reason I wanted to talk about decisions is that it's really about your spirit, your soul, your heart, your own journey, your own experience in this world. It's not to get everything that you want. It's to experience the consequences of your decisions. And to me, that's what freedom is. It's the ability to make a decision and then 
we get to live with the consequences, whether we want them or not. But if we never ha had the freedom to make that decision, we would never learn. We would never have the experience. Uh, and not making a decision is a decision in and of itself. And so that's why I really wanted to focus on this idea of decision and not goal. Because this year is going to be, I think, the year of big decisions. And so the next one I see as a huge decision is they're initiating the next lockdown process. And I just hope I'm out of California by then. So the next decision will be how much are you going to participate in the medical things that are coming our way? Uh, how much are you going to participate in you know, doing something that can't be undone to your body or living with the consequences of writing it out without engaging in the healthcare and the medical system. You know, there's a lot of data coming out that showed what happened in the hospital for people who went in for treatment. Uh, you know, the government paid a lot of money to put you on the respirator and even more money if you didn't make it off the respirator. And, you know, it's something that a lot of people aren't willing to look at, but that's the facts are there. You know, it was a very orchestrated event and not everybody was hardcore and participating, but there is plenty of documentation, plenty of video and audio recordings, and plenty of statistics that show what happened to people in that first wave. Now we're having different waves with different issues for different target populations. And those are things that can't be undone, but we're moving into what is next. Some of the predictions are not another uh, flu related respiratory, but it's going to be hemorrhagic. And uh, Dr. Francis Boyle, who's in the know, so to say, uh, very high ranking in terms of his uh, participation in biological warfare, he says he thinks it will be an airborne Ebola. Uh, I'm just going to do another FYI. The reason people die from Ebola is from a low immune system and dehydration. You've heard me, you know, go on and on about my oral saline solution, which is usually just salt, sugar, and water. Uh, and I use a flavor packet because I can't take it. But oral hydration solution all over the internet. And then Dakin's solution, which is Clorox and baking soda and water kills almost everything. So really simple things. It's really your le level of nutrition, uh, your immune system, because if you're malnourished, you're not as likely to pull through, and dehydration because you are just spewing fluids uh, with hemorrhagic. So you can survive that if you understand the process to survive. But the, you know, the guess is that's what's next. And we're starting to see, you know, the initial noises about testing and borders and uh, international, which, you know, eventually will come back down to a local situation. So that's going to be your decision. Are you going to participate? Are you going to uh, go out in public? Are you going to hide out? Are you going to follow the rules? Are you going to take anything that's supposedly mandatory? So uh, that's going to be a big decision because like with the last time, there's no undoing that decision. Once it's done, it's done. You can't undo it. And I'm not saying you have to because some of us have loved ones that we would just go ahead and you got to do what you got to do, right? You can't 
uh, walk away from a family member if that's the person that you're there to take care of. So there's no perfect goal to all of this, but I just want you to start planting those seeds because again, I think this year is going to be the year of great big decisions. Uh, the next one will be, uh, are we going to go to civil war? Cause there's a huge push to create intense conflict within America, the division of America. Uh, and that won't mean anything for some locations and it will meet everything in other locations. And you'll have to decide, do you want to stay and participate? Do you want to get away from it? Do you want to uh, support it in some way? But that will be the decision. You know, the Civil War had families at war with each other because one went blue and one went gray. And so I assume we'll see a lot of that same thing if this is something that comes to pass. So just something to think about. Uh, and then there's the big international kind of war where uh, we, whoever we is, are pushing now on Russia and China and uh, North Korea in defense of South Korea, Taiwan, and Ukraine. You know, we're spent. I just heard the statistic that we have given more uh, military aid to Ukraine than Russia has ever spent on its own military. So this is, you know, whatever this is, it's not about what we think it is. And so eventually it's going to spill over in some way because it's an unsustainable trajectory. Uh, somebody's going to get an itchy finger at some point, even if it's not intentional. And then we'll have big decisions to make because it might mean just one minute your house and your family is there and the next minute you're at work and they're not. I mean, there's, there's the possibility of huge decisions and you will have to decide what you want to do. Do you want to try to survive? Uh, do you want to try to run? Do you want to go back and just see what you can do to help? Uh, do you want to go in to the chaos, which is what an a, a average response for the wire for danger is to move towards the, the problem, not away from it. But when you move towards any kind of nuclear uh, problem, you're dead. So, I mean, these are different decisions than we've had to make in the past because any kind of radiation isn't something you can fix. So the decision has to be whatever the cost, are you going to move forward towards the radiation and you will sacrifice yourself or you will move away and try to survive? No right or wrong answer, but just big decisions. Uh, you know, the next big decision I see is stay or go. You know, we're we're moving away from an opportunity to relocate. Eventually, there's so many things coming. Uh, you're going to start to see the states lock up, whether it's about water, because certain places are out of water, quickly becoming out of water. Uh, so we'll start to see migration happen around lack of water. Uh, we'll see uh, food issues. We may have to uh, relocate if there's no food access for us. Uh, so these are going to be big decisions. Do you want to try to write it out where you are? Uh, but if you don't, now is the time to decide what you're going to do about it because it may not be this year. It may not be for another couple of years. But the ability to move around that window quite possibly is shrinking for all of the reasons, you know, we just talked about. Uh, so that's another big decision. If you want to, you know, we're getting to the point where it's getting time to decide 
uh, stay or go because there may not be the ability to change your mind down the road. Uh, and especially as you or family members get older or have more physical limitations or mental lim limitations, uh, you know, the older you get, the more difficult it is to do anything, as you've heard me kind of wax on about. And so, you know, time is not your friend in some of these great big decisions. Uh, and then, you know, you sort of have to dive in and not regret because there's really no way to undo most of them. So the next big decision uh, I think is really at a personal level with our family. Uh, what happens when you hit that wall? We'll have to make that decision about do we stay, do we go, uh, do we play along? You know, a lot of us are juggling the two realities. You know, the re there's one reality that's looking at one world and there's another reality that's looking at another world. And those two don't seem to have anything in common with each other. And as long as you're not at a crisis point, you can just say, you know, what I've been doing, well, I just don't want to talk about that because I can't participate in the lie and pretend like I agree with it. The best I can do is to just not talk about it. But there will be coming a moment where it's so blatant that it might be too much or the decision might be we have to leave now or we never leave and one wants to go and one doesn't. What are you going to do? And I, I really think it's important to think about these things ahead of time uh, because everything that we've been trying or I've been trying to talk to you about recently with the nervous system, these are all the ways we that work for us and against us. If you are a freeze person, you cannot put these decisions off until the crisis is up in your face because you're just going to collapse and you're not going to be able to function. It's much better if you are a methodical problem solver to do that now while there's choices and time to still put that put those realities in place. You know, if you're a runaway person, it's important to think about it ahead of time because if you are highly reactive, uh, you might be reacting to the propaganda and to not the reality. Uh, and if you're a wire for danger person and you want to push into the danger, uh, the time is different now. You can't always do that and recover from it and you need to know why you're really doing that. Do you really want to fight for uh, the lie or the manipulation, you know, without really understanding what the players are doing, who the players really are? And that's always, you know, follow the money and that will tell you pretty much everything you need to know. You know, are you committing your life and your, your family and your heart and your everything to a person or a cause that's all just been a construct. Uh, if you're unwilling to look at it, that's okay. But I'm just saying now is the time that if you've been hesitant to dig in and see what maybe some of the background stories are, now is the time because once these big decisions come, if you haven't thought about them, you're going to be reacting to the danger and your nervous system is going to take over. Uh, and that's good. You know, when the house is on fire, you don't want to think about, should I go in and rescue my dog, right? You just want to know that you are someone that will go in and rescue your dog. But in today's world where there's so much manipulation, so much propaganda, uh, and there can be so much false reality constructed digitally, right? We don't even know what we're looking
looking at the AI has gotten so sophisticated. You could do a whole scenario and it would be completely false and we would never know, but we would be reacting to it. So it's really, that's why I think it's really important to understand the background stuff because it makes you a little more adept at uh, what's real and what's not real because you can find different sources that will help you kind of suss that out. But you're going to respond to what I'm calling, you know, your primary danger response based on who you are, not maybe what the best decision is. Because some of these decisions are so big and so overwhelming and unfixable, you know, in today's or 10 years ago, 20 years ago, you know, if you made a bad bet and you lost all your money and you declared bankruptcy, well, you could just work hard and recover. Uh, but the decisions of today's world are absolute in many ways and can't be undone, uh, especially as we get marked or we get tracked or we have a whole uh, dossier on all of us, which we all do. Uh, you know, there's no going back. You can't undo that. You can't take your words back. You can't take your thoughts back. You can't take your actions back. Everything is on the record in today's world. And that's very, very different with the complete absence of privacy. You're making those decisions every day, whether you're aware of it or not. But we're quickly moving to a point in time where it's already going to be done. You won't be able to undo decisions. And some of us, you know, we've made decisions we can't undo and some of us haven't. Uh, and again, none of this is about right or wrong. None of this is about what I think you should do or what anybody should do or what's absolutely going to happen. Because, you know, in my world, I'd be super happy to have none of these things come to the forefront. Now, I don't see how that's going to happen because there's just so much at play. Uh, but if you, you know, I've been listening a lot to Martin Armstrong about his timeline. Uh, he's pushing a lot of it pretty f far out uh, in terms of, you know, the dollar, I think, not crashing till like 2028 and uh, the government falling in 2032. And then other people are going to say it's going to happen in January. Uh, but his prediction model talks about January as being very tumultuous and setting the tone for the rest of the year. Now, that doesn't mean anything because they've also been screaming about oil and gas and that hasn't responded. Diesel's coming down. Uh, you know, there's been lots and lots of screaming and yelling about all kinds of things that haven't come true. Uh, and my take on all of that is that, you know, some of it is uh, I need you to listen to me. And the best way to do that is to freak you out and keep you coming back. And And for some reason, everybody just sort of dismisses the the nine things that didn't come true that were predicted and the one thing that did then makes that person, you know, that person's going to keep me safe because they predicted. So when I say these things, I have no idea if that will be, this will be the year or not. But what's really interesting is I shared this with you a while back where I just felt like to me, the pressure moved out of the ethers this is the only way I can describe it. Like it, there was so much pressure in the ethers. I had so much anxiety, like something was so about to blow literally. Uh, and at some point, I don't know if it was August or September when that happened, but it's just like maybe October, the pressure release. And I haven't felt it come back. And even as we're moving into January and February, which are again, predicted to be extremely, uh, ups uh, upsetting the apple cart, like very big in some way. 
I don't feel it because it doesn't mean it's going to happen to me. It could happen in China. It could happen in Russia. It could happen in Africa. It could happen, you know, in California. I don't know. But I still don't feel that big internal push and pressure. Uh, but I'm talking about this because uh, I do think that this year will require decisions. It may not be the outcome of, it may not be the experience of, like it may just be an initiation into the next uh, lockdown uh, where you don't really have to make the decision about what you're going to do, but you know that that decision is coming. You know, do I, I did that last time. Like I didn't want to stay in New Mexico because I didn't trust the governor. Unfortunately, she's still the governor and her response was horrific. Uh, and so, you know, that's one of the things I have to think about is this a state I want to stay in because she's a terrible, uh, she's just, you know, so part of the establishment and so, uh, goes along because she has such uh, grand plans for herself and how she wants to move up the rank. So she will do whatever they tell her to do, so to say. So, you know, this, I don't see this as necessarily, you know, everything's going to revert back to the stone age in two weeks. What I do see though, is that we're moving into this period where we're going to have to make some difficult decisions. Uh, and it might just be the announcement of, right? And it could be the announcement that we will be moving towards this digital currency in July. And so we have to decide how we're going to handle that. You know, are we going to participate? If we don't participate, how are we going to eat? Uh, which is more important to hold on to our autonomy and our sovereignty or to defer to a, a entity, right? And, and a system that has no authority, but we give all our power to it to make the decision whether we're allowed to eat or not. Now, you know, it's insane to me that we're even at this point, but this is part of our spiritual development. This is part of the testing of our spirit and our soul. Uh, and we all have radically different roles to play. And so when I talk about, you know, the enforcer clash, that's just the people I relate to. It doesn't mean there aren't a million other ways to be in this situation. And, you know, there'll be awesome organizers and there'll be people who have the ability to uh, move contraband around quietly, you know, uh, it's, we'll all have a way to move forward, whatever way we decide. Uh, and we might just decide to give up. You never know. But the bottom line is, is I just wanted to run this all by you because, you know, typically at the end of the year, it's a good time to reflect right on what last year was all about. And it was pretty dynamic, but we're still, you know, hovering around, some versions of normal. We can still, most people could travel. It was a little chaotic in certain places, but gas didn't, you know, put us all on the side of the road. There's still food. There are still healthcare. There's still money. There's still jobs. There's still, uh, things in place that make us feel semi-normal. And if you're here in Southern California, you wouldn't know anything was wrong. I think the only uh, thing that I've heard is, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Trader Joe's, but that's one of the big uh, places people really like to go. And they would put everything they had out by 8 a.m. in the morning. And then by the end of the day, if it was gone, you wouldn't see anything until the next day. No guarantees it was coming back in stock. So they were 
people were just flocking to the store super early because the food or whatever they wanted might be gone and eggs have been a big issue. Uh, and that's it. You can't get it anymore anywhere. Although I have to tell you, I went to the grocery store just for a couple things. Like I couldn't find a pack of toilet paper that was almost less than $20. I have never seen such high prices almost fell off the chair, so to speak. So, uh, I don't know where I haven't, you know, these aren't the kind of prices that I normally see in New Mexico. They are crazy high, but our, the gas here is, you know, quite a bit higher, although it has gone down to, I can get it for $4 a gallon in some places, which is way better than the $7 it was, uh, when it peaked around here. So, uh, picked a good time to, to get out here cause I can almost afford to fill up my shots. <laughs> But, uh, but these are just things to think about. So, you know, I'm a big fan of the journaling and, uh, I think these are the kinds of things to think about when you're, uh, writing in the journal, as you think about where you want your life to move forward, like, what are you really here for? Is it just about survival? Is it just about getting through, uh, is your life, you know, right now I can hardly get anything done because my life is about Haven and trying to keep her from, breaking things or hurting people. You know, I was hoping to have more downtime, but I'm spending such a ridiculous amount of time trying to keep her contained because there's no freedom. There's no place to run. I took her, tried to go to the dog park yesterday. It was closed on Wednesdays. I'm like, is today Wednesday? So, I mean, there's just so much limitation and confinement. I have no idea how you guys live in cities and urban areas. It's just all I can do to not lose my mind. Um, but I'm trying, she's trying, she's doing really good, but it's just such so much work, you know, trying to keep her from, well, some things have gotten broken, cha-ching, right? So it's a, uh, you know, it's very stressful. So, uh, we're all doing the best we can. So it's a good time of year. I got, sorry, I got sidetracked. But it's that time of year, you know, we look back and we look forward. And uh, I just encourage you to maybe think about less about what you're trying to control moving forward uh, and maybe more about how you will respond to being controlled. If you didn't listen to the last podcast about control, I really encourage you to do that because this is all about control. Everything I'm talking about is about control. Uh, and it's always a place of fear, whether you're responding to it or you're fighting against it, uh, or you're needing to enforce it. Uh, if you are weak, you need to control others. Uh, the people who are making the decisions are very weak. And so they need control to feel strong and they require an enforcer class to make it happen. And, uh, you know, America has been the enforcer class, the military around the world for a very long time. And, uh, you know, we're moving into a point where we're going to have to pay the price for that because nobody likes it when we're the bullies and we try to tell everybody else what to do. Uh, and we have like over 800, I think we have 850 military bases around the world. Just think about that. Would you want another country's military base parked in your city telling you what to do? So, you know, there's a lot at play. There's a lot of shifting coming. Uh, and probably the biggest decision I would encourage you to make is to stop if you are still thinking about America or the United States in isolation and reframing what the global conversation is. Because 
we have been pushing the narrative for so long and you know, they're still saying things like American exceptionalism. And there was a video, I think some American soldiers were in, I think they were in Poland or somewhere in the Eastern Bloc. And one of the local soldiers there was humiliating them saying, you know, the only thing that you guys export is sodomy and your military generals wear dresses. And, you know, we're at a point where we're not even able to kind of look at who we really are. But I think that if you do one thing, it's taking a hard look at who we are as a country and as a culture uh, and how that is related to what's going on all around the world. Because our day of telling everybody else how it is, is over. The only question is when and how that power change is going to shift. And even when I was uh, in 84, traveling in Europe, backpacking, everybody hated the Americans. The only people they hated more than the Americans were the Germans. And this was in the 80s. Uh, I don't think most, I mean, not everybody hates us, but I don't think most people in America realize how much other people outside of America hate us. And the reason everybody comes here is for the opportunity, not because they necessarily like us. And so it's a difficult process to realize that uh, it's like your parents have been the bullies and all of a sudden you're grown up now and you're looking around going, oh, there's been a long pattern going on. And a lot of decisions were made that I wouldn't have participated in had I really understood. Uh, and so we will be held accountable, you know, one way or the other, because that's just the way things are. You cannot push at people forever. Uh, you know, I wouldn't say America is wired for danger, but we are definitely a push country. We have a push culture. We have a run over you style. And not everybody likes that. And eventually, people are going to push back. And they are highly organized around doing that. Most, I think it's over 140 countries now, have organized a financial system that does not include the American dollar. And one day, we're going to wake up, and that system is going to be in play. Uh, there are so many things happening globally that do not get talked about in America. And this narrative that we're fabulous and we're always right and we're strong. Uh, there's even a really interesting argument that America military has never won a war. Uh, if you have a, if you want to go down a rabbit hole, it's pretty interesting. The, per, this, the, the perception is we're this great military might, but the reality, you know, when you start to do all the, measures and statistics and things like that is we don't really win. It just gets over. And so, and then we leave behind people that say, you have to do what we say, or, you know, we'll make your life miserable. So uh, it's one of those things that's time to really take a hard look at ourselves as a culture. Uh, we can't as an individual change all of that, but we are going to be accountable for it. Uh, and these are the big decisions. Are you going to participate? Are you going to go along? Are you willing to look at what's really happening? Are you willing to do the hard thing? Or do you want to just push it all away and not think about it, which is what most people will do. Uh, and it's easy to happen because life is busy right now. And so uh, I just think it's a really timely moment to have the conversation about making decisions as opposed to setting goals, because 
when I was uh, 14, I was training to be a tennis uh, pro. And, you know, one of the things if you're playing tennis is they tell you, you know, while you're holding the racket, waiting for the ball to be returned is you have to stay on your toes. You kind of have to be ready to shift left or shift right, forward, backward, whatever, whichever way you need to respond to, you need to be in a state of being that is extremely responsive. Uh, I think that's where we are right now. We need to be on our toes. We need to be paying attention. We need to be looking outside of America for information. We need to be listening to what other people are saying because that will be the bigger driver. Uh, you know, it's been really interesting spending time kind of learning about energy and focusing on who's using it, how much it costs, things like that. And, you know, China is 50% of the entire energy supply. So their COVID lockdown status is what's driving, for the most part, the oil prices. You know, India is second. I mean, we're we're so myopic, right? Oh, you know, the refiners aren't doing X, Y, Z. You know, by really stepping back and looking at things, how they're moving all around the world, as opposed to what's just happening to us. I think right now is an extremely important part of the process because a lot of the systems going on in the, the uh, United Kingdom, in Australia, in Canada, that's what's on tap for coming here. You know, the difference is we have the Second Amendment, they don't. Uh, but that's the plan. That Those are the goals. And so uh, by looking outside of your own home, uh, I think you can get a different perspective and then make decisions about how you want to respond within your own home, because that's really all you have uh, the capacity to do. And making the decision itself is not the guarantee of a specific outcome. So if you're putting all your focus on the outcome you want, uh, I think you'll be disappointed because nobody knows what's going to happen. But I think if you focus the decision on who you want to be, what kind of decisions you want to make within the experience of everything that's happening, that's what will really start to resonate with your spirit and your soul. Uh, and it's not getting what you want. I'm not saying that things will go well. I'm saying that once you take responsibility for whatever decision you make, that's really how you're advancing your own personal internal journey. So with that, I'm going to say have a fabulous weekend, have a fabulous New Year's, and I will be seeing you guys on the other side in 2023. So just a quick thank you. I appreciate all of you who have been supportive and in your words and your donations and your uh, emails and your comments and your thoughts and your prayers and your sharing and your listening and your participating. And most, the best part for me is when you apply some of the things we talk about here uh, in your personal life and you see changes that makes me really, that makes me the happiest. So with all of that deepest gratitude, much appreciation, much heartfelt uh, appreciation and I will just leave it there. So thank you, and I will see you next time.